Would you stand a minute and let's honor God's word by turning to Ephesians chapter 6. Actually, I'm going to put it up here on the screen. If you have your Bibles, that's great. I think you need to begin to know your Bibles, not just what it says, but I, like, I bought four of the same Bible several years ago because you begin to know your Bible physically. But anyway, here we go. Uh, that's not the scripture. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Okay. So I should know my Bible a little better. <laughs> Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first command with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So we honored our moms on Mother's Day. We're going to honor our dads. So would you just bow with me for a moment in prayer? Lord, we ask now your blessing over the word. We pray in Jesus' name you'd grant to us by your Holy Spirit ears to hear and a heart to apply it. And bless these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So a quote from Billy Graham says, A good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, and unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. And there are a lot of people today that are mourning because their dad's not, no longer around. And this quote here from Gloriette Naylor says, Old as she was, she still missed her daddy sometimes. I hope the Lord will minister to us this morning through the few things that I put together here for us to consider. Abraham, and I, this, this uh, little picture here I have put up on a little vase. Time is precious, don't waste it. Time is precious, don't waste it. In Genesis, Abraham, for I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken. So, dads, I say, think future, think future, think future. Moses, only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life, and teach them to your children and your grandchildren. How many of you have grandchildren? It's the greatest thing in the whole world. <laughs> teach them as you would your children. Now, Paul referred to Timothy as his true son in the faith, his beloved son, beloved and faithful son in the Lord. It's interesting to me, teach your children your grandchildren. Notice what he wrote to Timothy. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, and for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Paul's saying the same thing, drawing from this passage in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Now, that's the first important thing. It's in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign in your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, he says, you need to have this all the way along. Write them there. Dads, grandpas, great-grandpas. Make sure the Word of God is written. It's there. Put it everywhere you are. Look at it. Because the Word of God is powerful. Now, these things are more caught than taught. 
How are you living it out? Now, this is, this is Father's Day. These are the things that make us dads. These are to be walked, woven together with Bible talk. They both go hand in hand. So these words I command you, teach them, show them, speak to them, never stop. Put it all over your house. <laughs> Who was it? Uh, one of the pastors that I know, he, used to, he took this literally and he just made these big, gigantic things and hung them all over his house, <laughs> the scriptures. God healed a terminal Hezekiah king and extended his life 15 years Look at what he wrote in Isaiah chapter 38. The living, the living man, he shall praise you as I do this day. God's just told him you got 15 more years. The Father shall make known your truth to the children. What's the first thing? I've got to get this handed off to my children. Three things I did not know I learned from my dad. These things of God were made known to me by how my dad lived his life and he aimed my life by so doing. Though I knew it not. I didn't appreciate it, as I'll share now. I didn't appreciate it until a full decade after my dad's death in 2005. Last week was his birthday. I sent this email to my immediate family, which is Charlotte my six children, and my two daughters-in-law. June 10th, I said this, Dear family, to <clears throat> this is what I was saying, Lord, don't let, don't let, just can you, can you help me not to cry? <laughs> Today, my dad would have been 93 years old. Kendall Richard Day was a godly, generous, and gentle man who stayed faithful to my mom for 55 and a half years of marriage. While we, his five children, don't you love it, <laughs> were growing up, before we were all in school, my dad worked two jobs, full-time and part-time, to support our family. My dad served faithfully as an elder at the First Baptist Church in Nyack, New York for many, many years. He was a multi-skilled handyman in things like bookkeeping, carpentry, plumbing, and electrical. My mom, her name is Eleanor, died one year and three months before my dad, who went to be with the Lord on March 28, 2005. He was 78 years old. I could go on and on, but to summarize, this is my email. My dad was a simple and quiet man who loved my mom, his family, and who went about doing good. And I wanted to honor my dad, my email, thanking God for him with you, my family, today. Happy birthday, Dad. I'm honored to be your son. One of my deepest regrets that I never sat down and asked my dad to tell me his story. I look forward to seeing him again in the kingdom. <laughs> I'm thinking we'll have plenty of time, about a thousand years, to catch up. Then I said, Dad, I want to tell you a little more of his story, and I hope it will, it will stir you in thinking just about your story, your dad. My dad was the only child of an abusive, broken marriage with an alcoholic mother. Mercifully, my dad's cousin, my Aunt Eleanor, who was just a few years older than my dad, took baby Kendall 
under her tender wings where she kept him even into his early adulthood. Mercifully, his pastor grandfather never wavered in his walk with the Lord and was there to some degree for his grandson, my dad, during his formative years in Maine. As for me, I was unaware of these things. My dad never talked about them. As I grew into my teenage years, I made things, I made things very difficult, in fact, impossible for my dad in our relationship. I was a disrespectful teenage nightmare. My self-centeredness was responsible for some painful years in his earthly pilgrimage, but he never said anything to me, never said that to me. He was the adult, I was the child. My dad could have rightfully played the victim card, but he didn't and he wouldn't. We were very different. My dad was not type A <laughs> director personality. He was type D supporter, behind the scenes, cautious man, and he was perfectly okay with that. My dad never had his own rebellious and defiant years. My dad was not interested in sports. I don't know how that can possibly be, po be possible. For many years, sad to say, I was critical of him and or oblivious to him. There was, no much, there was so much that my dad had to absorb. And he did it through prayer, perseverance, and patience. But I also absorbed some of that on my hind parts many times. <laughs> I say, thanks, Dad. Proverbs, chasten your son while there is hope. And I know my mom and dad wondered sometimes, is there any more hope for him? <laughs> but they prayed for me. Now, I've come to realize that we, my, my dad and I, are not so different after all. I just never took the time to know and appreciate my dad for who he is. For now, I can only thank God for him, and I do. But I look forward to being with him again. To thank him in person, in fact, it'll be glorified person. And there in the kingdom of God, together again, along with 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands of angels around the throne, together again with redeemed from every tribe and tongue and people and nation, together again to worship him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, together again to rule and reign with him as kings and priests to our God, together again on a redeemed earth where God said he will make all things new. I look forward to that time. Some of you do not have such a heritage to look back on or, as far as you can tell right now, look forward to. But may I say to you, the grace of God can save the most wretched of repentant deaths. Some of you will never have an awakened awareness in appreciating your dad. So I include this, though you know this. My dad was a sinner. My dad was broken because of what sin has done to all of us. The Bible tells me my dad wrestled with temptation, failures, insecurities, fears, unbelief, and doubts. 
But my dad was in his own way a fighter. And I believe every one of us dads are fighters in our own way. His dad, my grandfather, was a decorated Marine. My dad, his only child, was a passive, gentle young man who in his teens, while learning to drive, he had an accident. And my aunt was next to him. Whether he would have enlisted in the Marines and following his dad or not, I'll never know. His blinded eye answered that for him. And because of that accident, he never did get a driver's license. So one thing I cannot say I learned from my dad are my incredible driving skills. (laughs) Now, some of you are saying, now I get it. (laughs) You'll be happy to know that my daughter Mariah is being mentored behind the wheel by her mom. We figured that was best. My dad was a fighter. He did what he could as best as he could, and I now appreciate that. My dad's hope was not in his earthly dad. The key to his life and legacy, he knew the love of his heavenly father. This was not just some trite truth to him. It was his truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. He knew his heavenly father loved him all along his way. One hope, our hope is not in any earthly father. Our hope is in our heavenly father. I honor my earthly father because he honored my heavenly father. My dad became my hero because Jesus became his hero. It may be that you didn't have any relationship with your biological dad. Or worse yet, you're the victim of a terrible relationship with some male who has no right to call himself a father. Barack Obama put it this way, quote, any fool can have a child that doesn't make you a father. It's the courage to raise a child that makes you a father, unquote. That courage in its fullest expression is in knowing Jesus as your hero, knowing your heavenly father loves you, that Jesus is the captain of your salvation. He's the Lord and master of your life. He's the shepherd of your soul, and he's the friend of your heart. Dads. I am honored to share my dad's middle name. It's Richard. I am honored to have handed it down to my firstborn son, Trevor, who honored that by handing it down to his first son, born, born son, Merrick. But how much more the right to be called a child of God? Through Jesus Christ. I'm thankful to be heir of a godly heritage that my dad left for me and my four sisters. How much more to be an heir of God through Jesus Christ. 
I'm thankful that my dad rose up in spite of the many factors that could have destroyed him. How much more that Jesus rose from the dead, who on the cross conquered sin, death, and hell, destroyed the works of the devil that were set on destroying us. How much more? I'm thankful for the people who made a difference because they cared for my dad. And he grew up then to care for me. How much more that my heavenly father cares for me. So dads, fix your eyes on Jesus. So dad, do not take your eyes off Jesus. And when you do, get refocused. So dad... Whatever the circumstances, Jesus is with you and working in you. So, Dad, as you're seeking to live for God, know that you're doing that the same for your family. Don't ever give up. Stay the fight. Stick it out. Stay the course. Keep on keeping on for Jesus, for your, for your own soul, and for your family. John Green, author, wrote this, quote, The nature of fatherhood is that you're doing something that you're unqualified to do. I read Dad would say that. And then you become qualified when you do it, unquote. A passage that's meant so much to me over the years is now a bit ironic. 2 Timothy chapter 2, three things I learned from my dad. I didn't know it. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And the things you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men to be able to teach others also four generations. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare and comes himself with the prayers of this life that he may please him when listed as a soldier. And also if anyone competes in athletics, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmers be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, Paul to Timothy, his son, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things, not just these things, all things, foundational. A good soldier understands duty to please his commander. A compete athlete understands discipline to compete according to the rules. Third, the hardworking farmer understands daily diligence to be partaker of the crops. The irony in this whole thing is that, humanly speaking, my dad was not a soldier, he wasn't an athlete, and he wasn't a farmer. But let me say this to you. The Lord gave him understanding in all these things. I was unknowingly being aimed toward duty, discipline, and daily diligence through my dad's example. Quote, every son quotes his father in words and in deeds. I love that, unquote. I knowingly now, because of my dad's example, seek to aim toward duty, discipline, and daily diligence. This comedian said this, Lately, all my friends are worried they're turning into their fathers. 
I'm worried I'm not. <laughs> and now that I so appreciate my dad, I'm saying, that's what I want to be. I want to be like my dad. And because of his faithfulness, he shaped my character. I'm thankful for that. I've come to deeply appreciate my dad's quiet example that inspired this poem. My dad did not talk much. It is not his words that I call to mind, but his walk that I caught when I was so blind. Blind to the example that aimed me and to the heart and hands that loved me. You who are older know about this, about our dad's generation. This is what was said. My dad never said, I love you. And dads, I hope you know the importance of telling your children that. But listen, words are cheap. A walk is costly. It's sacrificial. That's my dad. So three more things I did not know I learned from my dad. Number one, what speaks louder than words? A commitment to God. Faithless to a wife and family. Hard work. Speaks volumes. Second, what strength looks like. Humility of heart. Quiet courage. Respect for all people. Third, I learned from my dad what laughter sounds like. My dad would often laugh until tears ran down his face. It was contagious. My dad was easy to be with. He didn't take himself too serious. Now, I don't think I've learned that from my dad yet. Jerry Seinfeld, you know the comedian, he said, quote, you can tell what the best year of your father's life, you can tell what was the best year of your father's life because they seem to freeze that clothing style and ride it out. <laughs> I love it. Steve Martin, many of you know him, said, a father carries pictures where his money used to be, unquote. <laughs> so I close. To my fellow dads, I charge you this Father's Day, pursue a relationship with God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Your relationship with God is the vertical axis upon which all the horizontal axis rides. As goes your relationship with God, so goes your relationship with your wife, your children, your friends. That gets off, these get off. To my fellow dads, I exhort you this Father's Day, take heed to yourself by an honest acknowledgement of where you are at right now in your relationship with God. Have you ever begun to walk with God, your heavenly Father? Have you done that? Are you pressing on, praying on, reading on, thinking on, praising God? Are you grieving the Holy Spirit by the way you are living? Is there sin you need to confess, receive forgiveness, and forsake? Is there a relationship you need to humble yourself and go reconcile? Is there an attitude that's stumbling you and others? Unforgiveness, bitterness, wrath, anger, harsh words, or slander. I'm saying these things to you, dads, as something that will free up your, your potential in your desire to leave a legacy. 
to my fellow dads, I encourage you this Father's Day, let go of what you can do, nothing to change. That's the past. That's either let it go by asking forgiveness or to let it go by trusting God for his purpose in allowing it in your life. Let's move on. To my fellow dads, I say to us, this Father's Day, fix our eyes on Jesus, who will help us to grow and change by the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us as believers. Your life and my life will aim our children in the right direction. Your life, my life will aim our children toward things that really matter. Your life, my life, will aim our children into what really lasts. Your life and my life will prepare our child or children to aim their children. And when our time together on earth is over, we can say finally, I have no regrets. I took heed and I took heart by the grace of God and I walked with him. So these are just some of the things I'm thankful that you indulged me to talk about my dad in the context of Father's Day. 